0: From the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO.
1: And I'm Trent Condon. The 20th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes went on the road last night to face the Indiana Hoosiers. In the first half, Tyler Cook was making plays, and the freshman Joe Wieskamp was hitting shots.
2: Trying Kreener
0: in off the bench. Shot clock now a factor. Step back, three by Wieskamp.
1: Iowa led it by 10 at the break. In the second half, late, it was Jordan Bohannon.
0: Bohan of the Force. And he got it. Unbelievable.
1: the calls from ESPN. Mohannon finishes with 25 points and 6 assists, including 5 three-pointers. The Hawkeyes improved to 18 and 5 on the season. They host Northwestern on Sunday. The number 16 Iowa State Cyclones go for 5 in a row as they take on TCU tomorrow in Ames. ISU sits at 18 and 5 on the year 7 and 3 in the Big 12. News from the Big 12 from yesterday as Kansas announced that guard LaJeral Vick is taking a leave of absence from the team effective immediately. And tomorrow at the Knapp Center, the Drake Bulldogs host you and I
2: Ken Miller Trent Condon they are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO Hi, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to Miller & Condon on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us. We're happy to be with you, and we'll do so for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. Lots to get to after a terrific night. Uh, I have college basketball, those Hawkeyes going on the road, and sounded a little like Beth Moen's there, those Hawkeyes. You need more of a pirate sound to get to a, She does have that yes. pirate uh, uh, twang about her. 15 yards. yards. Uh, but anyways, we'll get into the really terrific win on the road for the Hawks last night. Jordan Bohan and Tyler Cook, Weisskamp in the first 20 minutes. Lots of credit to, to go around. Uh, Connor McCaffrey was good in his role last night. Uh, we will talk about that. We'll do so with John Bonenkamp from the Burlington Hawkeyes. He slides in here today. Normally Tom Kakert on a Friday, But Cachert helped us out on Wednesday on signing day. So we'll do John Camp. Dylan Montz had an opportunity to speak with Matt Campbell uh, earlier in the week. And a lot on Tom Manning as well. So Dylan will join us at about oh, 10.40 or so. We'll do football. We'll preview basketball. TCU pays a visit to Hilton Coliseum tomorrow. 1 o'clock ESPNU has the game. If you can't be in front of your TV, you can listen to it. Well, not out the door and to the left, out the door and to the right from where we sit, and that's where you'll find 100.3, the bus... Pre-game show at noon. Tip-off on the bus tomorrow at uh, 1 o'clock. So TCUI with State with Dylan. And then in the uh, 11 o'clock hour, we're going to do a um, full-blown Big 12 segment with Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Love having Poston's on. He's a terrific guest. He will join us. We'll talk about the news in the Big 12. I guess the biggest news, Trent, from yesterday in the Big 12 is Gerald Vick, who's taking a leave of absence from the team. Uh, one of the national guys reached out to, you know, and I don't think it was. I think it was one of the Kansas City star guys reached out to a, a family member, I believe his mother. Yeah. And uh, said that, uh, you know, he hopes to be back in a couple of weeks, but we need him home now. Home is Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it's a depth issue for for Kansas this year. That's one of their issues with Kansas, and this is one of their guys who normally starts. He has been coming off the bench a couple of times as of late. But Legerald Vick, who's been a um, you know a big part of that program the last four years, going to be gone for a while. We'll see what that does to Kansas. And then uh, Jason Sybil will finish things out as far as the guest list. Uh, we will head to Vegas get the latest from Vegas. Recap the Super Bowl, recap last night, preview the weekend, Duke and Virginia, the biggest basketball game of the weekend. And Trent, I don't know about you, but um, my go-to place for finding point spreads is Mm VegasInsider.com and looking at all of the bookmaking companies in Las Vegas have their odds displayed there. I couldn't even find a link. What is this league called, I guess? The American, the Alliance, the Alliance
1: of American Football, the AAF, the AAF. When yeah. I hear AF, I think of different things. This is AAF. Yeah, AAF plays
2: starting tomorrow. Now, Joel Lanning plays for San Antonio. Apparently, Alex Halstead, one of hmm. our regular guests, tweeted something about um, Lanning playing for San Antonio tomorrow. I guess I'll give it a try. I mean, what have I got to lose? Worth the shot, right? It's football. There's yeah. uh, by by the, that time Duke Virginia should be over. There's a Big Twelve game of importance at that time too. Who did we say it was? Was it Baylor and K State? Baylor and K State mm-hmm. tomorrow at five o'clock. Same time as Duke Virginia. Same time as Duke Virginia. And same time as Drake. You and I. Where so, I will be? Are you sure so you're going to the game? I'm going to the game. Good for you.
1: Yeah, good for It'll you. It'll be DVR night for Duke Virginia. Well,
2: sure, buddy. You're going. I'm glad you're going to the
1: game. That's yeah. good. And this would be as close. Have you seen the uh, uniforms I that have. they're wearing? Spectacular, incredible, yeah,
2: really good. This really is good.
1: as close. They have a T-shirt kind of jersey thing that's out mm-hmm. with 50 on it for the 50 year anniversary. This is as close as I've ever been to buying a piece of Drake memorabilia. Really? Yeah.
2: I wonder if, uh, and I'm guessing, I'm going to guess the answer is yes. That if there are a number of people out there in a similar boat to you, that you know, I've never would have bought anything
1: Drake, but boy, this is pretty slick. It's the light blue. It's yes. got the red trim. It is yeah. sharp, and uh, those uniforms are going to be good. I'll be rooting for the alma mater tomorrow. No, I but, know you'll be cheering for the Panthers. But, you will uh, be. will be. A- Fun so game. are you
2: in the Panthers section? Is the I'm sure that there'll be a section of Panther fans. Yes. Will you be trying to elbow your way into the? Are you on press row? What are you
1: doing? No, I will not be in press You're row. You're buying going, a ticket. Buying a ticket. Ticket has already been bought. Going with a group of fans. We're friends. We're going to go out. All you and I, alumni, we're going to go to the alumni event beforehand. And where's that at? Johnny's. Johnny's good. Get a cocktail. And uh, I I was told that we're bringing the kids. Now they're all there's three uh-huh. of them all around the same age. They get in for free. Oh okay. Yeah and we're general admission. So, hopefully there'll be enough room where they can run around and dink around Yeah,
2: and I wonder what kind of crowd they're going to have tomorrow. 5500, 6000, to say 5. Yeah. If you know if they're above 5, that would be a nice crowd. It's
1: usually the the Saturday games against you and I, you know you're going to get 1000, 1500 you and I mm-hmm. fans in there. So, you, they normally have a good sized crowd and Drake's 17-7. and seven. No, I know they are. They got blown out by Loyola the mm-hmm. other
2: night, but you know what? Loyola's decent, and the game was on the road, and Drake got out to a good start, and then uh, then he just got uh, run over.
1: Uh, quickly, as I was looking up, I couldn't find lines at one of my uh, offshore books mm-hmm. for the American allegiance of football, whatever it is, but I did find futures odds. Your, your favorite, the betting favorite right now, is the Arizona Hot Shots, plus 275. Well, good luck to them, Trent. Uh, the Orlando Apollos, along with the Salt Lake Stallions, nine to two. So this is this is offshore. This is offshore. Yeah, but so who's going to
2: stink? Give me the give me the who they think is going to be the worst team in the league. Well, I'm going to follow them. The Birmingham Iron. Yeah, I know. Who am I kidding? I'm not going to follow them. I got too much going on.
1: You got a week. Yeah. Uh, the San Antonio Commanders, who you mentioned. Uh, they're the fourth listed team at eleven to two, led by Joel Lanning. Yes. So I as he my, play quarterback? I don't know. I wouldn't
2: think so, no, right? He wants linebacker. to play linebacker, yeah. so I wouldn't think so. Wonder how they'll use him. Uh, maybe give it a try. I mean, look, you're probably not going to get a whole. Um, if I, I would rush to watch a game, I guess is where I'm going. I have no idea whether it's going to make it or not. Although. They've signed some star power to at least. But are you buying a ticket to watch somebody coach? Right.
1: <laughs> it gives credibility, though, to the league. At the very least, yes. It gives credibility. but Bob, It'll be a cursory glance. Yeah. Watch a little bit. Mm hmm product probably be bad and then watch live pd you know i'm so looking forward to tonight i have no sports to watch tonight yeah
2: you know what let me look real quick give me hockey that's just i forgot to check the nhl slate jets played last night got blown out so i know though that they don't play tonight uh, tonight there's only one
1: game it's carolina and the rangers and i could not care less so it's going to be pd so this isn't a night where you, you take the misses out? No, uh, no. We're saving that for Thursday. Got it all planned. So I'm off Thursday, right? You're off Thursday, So yes. what, are you, what are we doing here? We will have the state wrestling tournament here on 1460 KXNO. Starting at 10, so I don't have to come in at all. You don't have to. In fact, I'll start at 9. I'll okay. be on from 9 until noon with the state wrestling coverage starting on Thursday. Uh, Friday, you've even got a little shorter show, too. Okay, You're getting on a little bit late after the quarterfinals of Class 3A. Friday morning, you'll be on the air 10.30ish. And uh, then we'll get the semifinals on Friday afternoon, championship Saturday night.
2: So where will, I mean, obviously during our time slot, they'll be on the radio, Mm -hmm. but will you stay on radio? Uh, will you go to com? Do you know for those people out there that
1: may want to listen? No, all, all of our coverage will be on KXNO. Awesome. So, yes. So, so, the Wolves force... and the
2: wild don't don't conflict. That's great. Yes. Saturday I...
1: night the wild do have a game, but uh, made it work here. So we'll have good. the wrestling coverage on.
2: Well, uh, wrestling coverage in the state of Iowa is um, pretty important. So good mm-hmm. for you. Glad you're doing that. So anyways, so I'm off Thursday. Yep. I'm gonna we're gonna go take my wife for lunch. Maybe do a movie. Valentine's Day be over by six o'clock.
1: <laughs> Look at you in
2: time for the games to tip and the puck to drop because the Jets play the Lanch on on Thursday. You know, I, I really
1: should you know. be taking notes on you how really. you get this done, and not just you. I yeah, mean, yeah, I, I yeah. think a
2: lot of guys should be pulling over, and boy, that's a good idea, Ken. Mm, yeah. I got to try this. Uh, <laughs> I'm very fortunate. I'm very, very fortunate. All right, let's talk about the game last night because that's what people want to hear. They could care less about me and you. <laughs> uh, but look at Trent, we both thought that Indiana was going to win the basketball game. Yep. It's Assembly Hall. Indiana may be a season saving win, again, of all places uh, in East Lansing. We saw Iowa beat Michigan. That's an impressive win, but Michigan was on the road. Um, Michigan State was at home, so that game maybe had a bit more, not relevance, but uh, a little, oop,
1: more, oomph yeah, behind a little it. more
2: oomph behind it. And I thought Indiana was going to parlay that win into you know, getting their season back on track. But Iowa wouldn't let them. They no. just wouldn't let them. And Weisskamp was phenomenal in the first half. And then Bohannon down the stretch and Tyler Cook, that corner three. And I think it was Cook that found him, was it not? At like sixty, I think Indiana had cut it to three at the time, mm-hmm. and Bohannon that corner three ball, he was unbelievable down the stretch. Trent, he really was. They played defense. Now they didn't play a lick of defense when they're playing man. No, can we
1: can we officially retire the man? I hope so. I mean, if it's up to you and I, I'm all for it. They come out, they're in man. Got an early lead. Was it 9-2? Uh, 9-2, yes. Yeah, 9-2 right away. All right. But then very quickly, 10-9. And it went back the other way. And it was 15-11, I think, at the timeout. They came out of the timeout, made their substitutions. They go to zone. And I don't remember them playing man from there on out. I don't I don't think they did. I mean, they gave up sixteen or 15 points in the first five-plus minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And then from there, clamped down. And yeah. outside of a couple of stretches, and Indiana had the run, that zone defense. And, and we got to get some kind of... We need, like, a basketball coach. Because, like I said, I don't know exactly what it is. It, it looks like a 2-3 at times. It looks like a 1-2-2 two, two at times. Or it looks like a 2-1-2 two, two at times. It's it's a weird, weird defense. It is not just a standard mm-hmm. what guys like me played growing mm-hmm. up. This is, there's more to it. Well,
2: there was a point that Dockett's, do you remember at some point in the game, I don't know if it was first half or second half, that he mentioned it looked like a 3-2. Yeah, yeah. With one of the guy, the guy in the middle dropping back and clogging the middle of the lane, making it kind of a 2 1 2. And he said that Indiana had no idea. It's almost like they'd never, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that it's like they'd never seen that before. And it was really confounding the Hoosiers.
1: And Be- Beeline said the same thing. He said, You don't see zones like this in mm-hmm. our league. I mean, majority of teams play man. The zones that you see is different than Iowa. They have an identity. Ken, well, I've only been yelling about this for, well, basically nine years with Ray right, McCaffrey. Right. It feels like they have an identity on the defensive end. Yeah, they
2: do. You know what else was impressive last night is they win by five on the road at Indiana, team that's coming off a big win who really needed that win last night. They did so without Luka Garza, for the most part, the yeah. entire basketball game, who I don't want to say was rendered useless, but he kind of was. Yeah, he was. Right? I mean, he's on. he was on the bench. what. Was he on the floor for more than three minutes at any time? I mean, no maybe. No way.
1: I don't think so. No way. Got those two fouls right away. Mm-hmm. And then you know what that means? You know, I, I
2: just, just like I know what that means, I know it's coming on my Twitter account. It's a tweet from you yep, saying... Yep.
1: <laughs> Uh, mark the clock. Mark, oh, yep. did, mark, right. They were up three at the time. Yep. They extended the lead to 10 at half. They did, yes. That was one of the good ones that turned out. And you figure there haven't been a lot of them. This was going to be one that worked in McCaffrey's favor. Mm-hmm. All right, you held Garza out. You got a 10 point lead. You're going to get him for the second half. And right off right the bat, off number three. There's the third. Comes back in, number four. Yeah. Comes back in, number five. Yeah. Jake. What did you think of the officiating last night? Second half was certainly tilted Indiana's favor. Maybe a tad. I didn't. I didn't think it was egregious no, by any means. No, not at all. There, there were a couple. You know, the Macy daily call. That's a bad call. Yeah. The ref was right. shielded off by the defender. Right. 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 He when still they, had when the ball. they called him for a walk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's a bad call. Mm-hmm. But because the guy that actually
2: could see what was going on, either he saw it and knew it wasn't a foul, or yep. he was blocked from
1: seeing. The guy that had no business making that call. Yeah. That's good. That's one. I'll give you that one. There's another one. I can't remember what it was offhand. The but Iowa got away with things, too. Sure. Bo that throw ahead where he uh, fired it ahead, he double-dripped. Yeah, dribbled. he walked. He double-dripped, yeah, because yeah. yeah, he, he had a second hand mm-hmm, on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a turnover. Right. And they get a three out of it. Right. So it goes both ways. Yeah, they showed that right before they went to break, I think. And Dockage, was, boy, he was mad. His Hoosiers just, uh, got one there. Yeah, you know
2: what? I thought Dockage was good last night. I, I like Dan Dockage. I'm, maybe I'm the one in the state that likes Dan. I like Dockage. Of course, Shulman's spectacular. Yes, he is. Dan Shulman is... He's fantastic, and this is this is me, you know, um, my Canadian bias. He is a Canadian, but he's so good. Whether it's baseball, which he doesn't do a lot anymore now, mm-hmm. selfishly, I he does a lot of Blue Jay games. He yeah. gave up the national ESPN. Wanted to spend time, spend his summer in Toronto, where he's from. So I get him on the uh, MLB. What's the package? Extra innings. Extra innings, yeah. I hear him a lot in the summertime. Maybe yeah, he's Buck he,
1: Martinez. He is a professional. He oh, is he's good. really, really good. Doesn't matter the sport. Yeah. He's better with Billis, but Dockich and him were good last night. Yeah. There was chemistry there. Yeah, da- is he's, he's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an annoyance from the Iowa angle. but Probably so. When he's calling other games, I enjoy him. Not so much an Iowa Brown. And especially when they're playing Indiana, because you just know it's killing him. <laughs> well, but when Iowa pulls out the win... Uh put a smile on my mm-hmm, face too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, there
2: was one point, there was one part of the broadcast that Iowa was up 10. I don't remember
1: who had an opportunity who shot a 3. Macy Daily. Was it Daily? 5747 had that in the notes. Right. Yes,
2: 5747 and and I think Schulman said, "Boy, that could have been a game changer." Mm-hmm. And Dockage said, "And it might be now the other way thinking that that yeah.
1: Indiana's going to find Because the it. Hoosiers came had a run after yep, that too. Yeah. That was a big moment in the game. But down the stretch, Bohannon, oh, ridiculous. Oh, my God. The, the three late in the shot clock. Mm-hmm. And I said this in the first half. He hit a three, and he kind of looked back over, I don't know, it must have been somebody there in the Nicholson oh, he was Indiana, in Indiana. Yeah. He, he looked a couple of different right. times, even in the first half. But I mentioned on Twitter last night the swagger. The swagger that we saw a year ago, uh, two years ago during his freshman campaign. Both him and Cook. Now, it helps when you're winning. sure. I, yeah, That's a big part. Not a lot of swagger last year. No, when you're 4-14 and 14 and you're <laughs> yeah. getting blown out every time you go yeah. on the road, it's difficult to have swagger. Uh-huh. But even from the get-go, it felt like that was there. And it felt like this team is gaining that. Because the excitement, you go back to two years ago when they went to Maryland and they went to Wisconsin. They won those road games against top 20 teams. Well, this team, by the time, two years from now, when these guys are upperclassmen, how good this team's going to be. And last year negated so much of that. But it felt like the swagger was back. Confidence is incredibly important, especially for a guy like Bohannon. He's not the most demonstrative guy, but when he has that that chip on the shoulder, little John going on, I just feel like he plays at a different Lighting level. the crowd, putting his finger yeah. up to his lips. <laughs> Did he that a couple good. of times. Yeah, and you're right. It, that
2: had to be uh, a reaction to somebody that was sitting in, what do you call them, the Nicholson the seats? The Nicholson seats, yeah. Pro- Probably so. Uh, so they'll play next on Sunday. It's a 5 o'clock tip. Uh, Northwestern comes to town. The Northwestern game, Trent, the last time that those two teams played, remember that was the Weisskamp went off in that game, and that was the last time, at least to McCaffrey, do you remember how he lit up his team?
1: Yes. How he
2: got into their shorts and he called the timeout and down by it, eight. That was it. Was it eight? That's the one I keep referring to when he was sit, sat. I mean, all the teams sitting down except Kreiner's right behind him. And he wanted to make sure that McCaffrey heard, or Creener heard McCaffrey loud and clear. So McCaffrey stood up out of his chair and looked right at him because he was going to get a piece of his mind as well. And the team uh, responded to that in a big way. Well, big win last night out of them. A couple of, uh, two straight big wins out of this team right now. Feeling pretty good about them. No doubt about that. After, you know, you wondered where the season was going. We forget, not we, but some people forget that they'd, they'd won five straight before those uh losses. But it went over Michigan a week ago tonight and then following that up last night a win on the road at Assembly Hall. That does get your attention. So we'll see if they can continue on. Uh Northwestern a the team they should beat, that they will be heavily favored to do so. They make the way to Carver at five, so pregame on ten forty WHO at uh, four o'clock. I'm assuming it's a Big Ten Network game against I'm the
1: Wildcats. That's yes. a good assumption. Yeah, you know absolutely.
2: what? Uh, yeah, I've got it right in front of me. It is Big Ten Network, and it's five thirty. It says five thirty tip. Interesting. Five thirty. I thought it was five, but regardless, it's somewhere around there.
1: So I was now projected at Ken Palm to be twelve and eight in league play. Go mm-hmm. five and three the rest of the way, and that would put them at twenty three and eight going into the Big Ten tournament. Wow. If they get to that level, that will be the second most wins in the regular season in Iowa basketball history. Mm. Now, they've had runs in the Big Ten Tournament and the NCAA mm-hmm. yep. Tournament yep. that have tacked down, but in terms of regular season, 23 wins the second all-time behind only the 86-87 team, of course, went on to the lead eight, blew the lead against UNLV. We'll leave that for another day, but I don't want to go down a bad path here this morning. But this team's good, yeah. and it's something that we've talked about in the past, Ken. This team needs to get to the second weekend. For the for the fan base, it's been twenty years, mm-hmm. two decades. Kids in college don't remember right. Iowa playing in a Sweet Sixteen. Right. The importance for this, and and I posed this before we went on the air. Who is it more important to? It's kind of a silly question. It, Iowa State or Iowa? Who's I think getting to, the to this f- fan base? I think it's Iowa because of the
2: McCaffrey, the the extension that kind of came under yeah. a cloak of darkness last year, and what has he done to deserve that? And just like you mentioned, the twenty years, and he hasn't been there for all of them, obviously. But he's uh, um, his clock is running. I think it's. I don't know if there's there's a right answer. of Who's too more important to?
1: Because Prom has. Oh, he's got a, got a lot of goodwill in the bank. He does. And there's yes. no doubt he does. No he, doubt there's, he's done this, a lot with the program. Yep, it's heading in a positive direction, mm-hmm. taking over for Hoiberg. You know, I guess the one thing would be Hoiberg's out of work right now, but it's not like they're going to fire no, Steve Pro if they get not. upset in the first round and bring Hoiberg back. That's not happening. So... The answer's pretty easy. It is Iowa. I think the answer's Iowa, but I'm I'm not
2: sure. I love the question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll
2: take a timeout. John Bohnkamp coming up next. Dylan Montz will join us in about 20 minutes. We'll do a lot on uh, Iowa State football. Uh, Basketballers will preview TCU. Pays a visit tomorrow. They got a couple of guys, Trent, but that's not a very good TCU team, in my opinion. Uh, Bain, has uh, he's really having a nice year. Robinson's their all-time assist leader. He's good. So they got some guys, but uh, look at both. Teams should win this weekend. Iowa State tomorrow. Iowa on Sunday. Trent and I come back with John Camp. Dylan Monts coming up in about 20 minutes. Then we'll talk Big Twelve with Matt Postens, Heartlandsports.com. Jason Simbal, off to the desert. We go inside the numbers before we give away the Claxons barbecue at eleven forty five. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and O, in about ten minutes. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, on Iowa State, right now. Burlington Hawkeyes, John Bonencamp joins the program. Is while we talk some Hawks, we got to talk a little Dodgers, don't we? Oh,
1: want to go that? Sure. Re- I thought you were going to go leathernecks.
2: Well, now I want to do, do. Is is Puig still your friend, John?
1: He's uh, a red now. Know, we, we thank him for his service, and,
0: and you
2: know, <laughs> and move I'm, on. I'm going
0: to miss him, but.
2: You know, so. yeah. No, i i I just wonder how long he'll last in Cincinnati. We'll see. Uh, Will did he? Um, did he live up to the expectations? Real quick, and then we'll move on to Iowa. I mean, he was. You know, I don't have to remind you just uh, what people thought of him and how he was going to just dominate the game. Did he?
0: You know, I. I, I think you always kind of waited for that five tool player to yeah. come out, and I don't think it ever did. I mean, I think he was a very good player. But I think there were a lot of intangibles there that, that kind of kept him from being, you know, one of the, one of the better ones in the game. I think he was, you know, I mean, it just, you know, I mean, there was, there was a lot of attitude problems early on. I think Mm -hmm. he was maybe kind of rushed to the major leagues, but at the same time they knew that the clock was ticking, That you know, you only had so much time with him because you knew you weren't going to be able to afford him probably the next time around. So, um, you know, I, I I think in a lot of ways he did, but I think in, the, in some ways he just kind of fell short of what they wanted out of him because you always kept waiting for him to come together and be that consistent 300 hitter, you know, 30-plus home runs, and, and it just never happened.
1: Well, it, it did happen for Iowa going on the road and getting a win last night at Indiana. John, as you look at that matchup, you know that building. You've been in Assembly Hall a lot of times throughout the years. Difficult nature of it. There's some talent on this Indiana team, there's no doubt. You saw what they did on the road at Michigan State their last time out. What's that win mean for you and for this Iowa basketball team going forward?
0: Oh, I, I think it was a huge win because I, I think that, you know, I mean, I, I I think that, you know, you kind of go back to the game at Northwestern back in early January that they won, that kind of broke the road yep. streak for them and kind of, kind of broke through for them. And I think last night to win in an, in an incredibly hostile, environment against as you said a talented team maybe not quite together right now as as a team should be but you know but to go in there and win and to make big shots down the stretch I mean you could just tell in that last three you know three plus minutes they were kind of out of gas Mm -hmm. and and for them to make big shots like they did for Tyler Cook with that turnaround and and the Bohannon 3s I think it's a sign, really, of how much this team has grown up and I, and I, and, I, and has come together, really, in the last month. And so, I mean, I think it's it's a good sign for them moving forward to go in there and win that game.
2: You know, you just jogged a, a memory, um, John, and, and do you remember, and Trent, same for you, do you remember when it was a thing to talk about Iowa uh, on the road and being down double digits in X straight games. <laughs> yes. Remember when that was a thing, John? I think it was probably the Northwestern game that you referenced that brought an end to that streak. But that was a well, big talking point.
0: Well, I mean, think back to that game. I mean, early in the second half, they're down what was it, seven or eight points, you know, to start the second half, and and you started seeing fans on on social media saying, "Okay, here we go. They're going to be down by seventeen again." And then all of a sudden, Joe Wieskamp starts hitting shots yep. and. and and, and not only do they win that game that night, they win that game without Tyler Cook.
2: And mm, so I yeah.
0: think it, when, when we look back on this season, no matter where it ends up, that, I think that game was a turning point for them because I think it showed them that... I think it, I think they really, really grew up and came together at that point. And I, and I think that had a lot to do with last night.
2: Yeah, and that was the same game, and I, I know you were there covering it, that uh, McCaffrey lit the team up. Remember, early, early in the second half, he really got after them.
0: Yeah, and he's done a really good job. You know, I mean people people like to make fun of Fran and, and, and his temper and all that and, and whatever and, and they can question, you know, some of the things that have happened with this team in the past. But he's done a really good job this year of of pushing buttons with this team and, you know, shortening the rotation and getting some guys some more minutes. You know, look at look at how Ryan Creener's kind of grown with his minutes that he's got. And, you know, and, and some of those guys, and you know, last night, I mean, Macy Daly makes a big shot late, mm-hmm. you know, just by getting, because I mean, these guys are getting a little more confidence right now. So he hasn't, he hasn't left anybody behind. He's kept this group together. And I think he's done a great job with him. And, and you're right, that game where he really kind of told him, hey, do you want to keep doing this or do you want to move forward? And then they moved forward that night and they've continued to.
1: You know, I, I said earlier, and I mentioned on Twitter last night, now nobody has the same kind of swagger as John Bonekamp, But well, No, that's true. Yeah, we, we know that very well. Yeah. But the swagger of this team, the confidence, you talk to these guys, you know, day in and day out, you get a chance to talk to them you know, before the games. Are you sensing that, that this is a team that believes, maybe even better than some Iowa fans believe, how good they can be?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, you can tell that, you know, you can tell there's a confidence here. And you can tell there's a chemistry here. You can tell these guys get along. There isn't any pouting. There isn't any, you know, finger-pointing. There isn't any, you know, there's there's really not a lot of – you don't really see a lot of I. There's a lot of we in their discussions. And really, college basketball is a lot about that because it's a long season. And when you get to this point in the year, the teams that really do well in, in February and in the March are the ones that have really good chemistry. And I think this, this is a team that has really good chemistry right now. These guys get along. They – you know, Jordan Bohannon keeps saying of Joe Wieskamp, I don't think he knows how good he is. Yeah. You know, and when you hear somebody say that, when you see an older player say that be, about a younger player, that's a sign that, that they have a lot of respect for each other and that these guys get along. Uh,
2: no doubt about that. John Bohnkamp from the Burlington Hawkeyes is our guest. John, was that um, was that Tyler Cook's best game of the year last night? I I think,
0: yeah. I mean I mean, just with the way he played. And 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 hitting that big shot down the stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of a sign of where he is at right now as a player that he hit that turnaround. There was that one post move he had in the second Spectacular. half. Spectacular. Yep. Yeah. And so you can kind of see now where his game is right now, and I think his game right now is at the best it's been all year.
1: You know, in a game where Bear didn't shoot it well, Moss was a non factor, Garza dealt with foul trouble throughout and to pull out a victory, I think says a lot. A guy that is never going to get the headlines because he's just not a score as Connor McCaffrey. But late in the game, he was in there getting the ball to Bohannon for the free throws late. You know, Connor's such a steady presence, and Iowa fans haven't gotten that breakdown, break your ankles point guard that a lot of them have wanted. But his influence on the team, how big has Connor been in your mind?
0: I think he, I think he really kind of stabilizes them. I, I think he's a smart player. And you're right. I mean, yeah, they don't have that that guy that they don't have that break it down. But sometimes if you've got guys that can stabilize an offense and can get other guys the ball and can get them, as Fran would say, load them up, um, which is funny because <laughs> Connor says the same thing. Um,
3: <laughs> right, but, really?
2: um,
0: but it's, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, when you've got a guy like that that can get the ball to other guys and not make mistakes and, and just be a solid player, maybe the numbers aren't there, but there's intangibles there that I think, really helped them out that they didn't have last year. I mean, we go back to last year, he hardly played and then got sick and and was done for the year. So, I mean, I do think he's a stabilizing influence when he's in there just because he's a smart player
2: uh speaking of hardly played that was Luca Garza last night his foul trouble uh, prevented him get, getting any flow of the game yet you you look at the box score and and there he is crashing the offensive boards four offensive rebounds five in total um you know, on a night that uh, that the referees weren't giving him any bra- and, and look at he was he deserved those fouls i'm not saying they were right. bad calls but Garza even though he's not in there for a long time when he was in there he was effective
0: yeah and I mean people go back to that purdue game when when they when they got destroyed over there. he didn't play that night, and I'm not saying they would have won that game if, they, if he would have played, but it wouldn't have been that ugly mm-hmm. and I mean I think he's I think he's he's really you and you could see it last year at the end of last year how much he had really improved, and you're seeing now the growth in his game and the way he plays the way he he plays the post that it's a it's something that that, that Iowa hasn't had that guy that can do can score and play defense to the post. And he, you know, he does both very well, and so I, I think that, you know, I, I think that when you look at his game right now, he, he's a tough matchup for anybody in this league. And, and again, so again, go back to what I said earlier: for them to win without him last night, for the most part, that again a sign of, of where this team is at. I think.
1: John Bonicamp joining us, John, uh, famously, really in 2014 and 2016, we saw. The Fran fade, where, where the teams sure. late in the season mm. had those collapses. This isn't as deep of a team. Any concern? Is that is that lingering in your mind at all? Well, I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, if,
0: if, if a key player gets hurt, it could, I mean, and with a long period of time, it could make a big difference. But I, I think what I really, I, I really like this team, and, and again, going back to what I said earlier, it's the chemistry thing, and these guys really get along. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you kind of expected, you know, after the second Michigan State game, okay, here they here they're gonna fall apart. After the Purdue game, oh, they here they're gonna fall apart. You know, after the Minnesota game, here they're gonna. And, and they haven't done it. They've responded. And so, I don't think this team could have a long losing streak because, right? I mean, this team has built a resume this year of of bouncing back from from bad losses. And so, again, I think that's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of confidence. And it's a sign of chemistry.
2: You know, we both, I think we all feel that this team's playing pretty well right now. Yet you look at the standings, and they're probably reached their peak, right? I mean, they're sixth right now. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to catch Maryland, Wisconsin, Sparty, Purdue, or, or Michigan. Maryland's uh, right above them. And they've got nine. They're nine and four. I was seven and five. So they're playing well, yet they're probably, that's as high in the standings as they're going to get, John?
0: Well, you know, I, I think when you look at the league right now, I mean, you look at Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue. You think they're the top three. The the question becomes who falls in that four through eight mm-hmm. category. And so, I mean, again, you get Maryland at home. Yep. Um, Wisconsin you know, on the road. They, yeah, you, yeah, and it's like, so, and it's like in a place where they they've had some success, you know, in recent years. So, I mean, there there, there is an oppor- The opportunity is there for them to move up. And so, it's just a matter of you can't lose the games that you shouldn't lose, like, let's say, Sunday at home against Northwestern or the games against Rutgers. You know, if you if you, if you stay the, the course in those, you get your opportunities against a couple of those teams. Them, so, I mean, yeah, the roadblock seems to be there, but they can kind of get around that if they continue to play well.
1: Last thing for you, John. John Bonicamp joining us from the Burlington Hawk, Hawkeye. Uh, and it deals with football. Kirk Ferentz on Wednesday, signing day press conference any nuggets that you pulled out? Any interesting news? And we got a long uh, long while before we get back to spring football here. Anything to tide over the Hawkeye fans on the football side?
0: I think it's the punting competition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, you know, we, we sit there and laugh about it, but you know what? That is a key position sure. because it, it can change the momentum mm-hmm. of a game really easily. And so now you bring in a guy with experience who's pretty good, you know, looking at his numbers. I mean, there's a lot there. And, you know, I mean, I, I would expect him to win the job. I mean, who knows what could happen. But it it is a key position for them, and I think it, it's the position that, I, that they needed some help at and at least needed a, a healthy competition at. So, I mean, really, that second signing day doesn't mean a whole lot anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because the bulkier class you signed in December. But they picked up a couple of guys that, that I think can help them, and and but I, I think the punning thing is the one that I found interesting because I do think it's it's a, it's an underlying part of what they do in terms of controlling field position in a game. So I, I thought that was the most interesting thing out of this week, which is typical Iowa. What's, what's, what's the most interesting thing oh, the the punter? You know? really? so, um, so I mean, I, I I found that to be a fascinating thing, and, I, and it was a good it was a good pickup for them. I don't I don't you know that was a good a good thing for them to get.
2: No doubt. John Bonenkamp, Burlington Hawkeye. John, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Have a good day. Again. Yep. Good to talk to you. John Bonencamp chiming in here on the Hawks. All right. It's been a lot of Hawkeye conversation, a lot of Iowa State and Big 12 conversation to come. Dylan Mont's next. Matt Postens covers the Big 12 at Hawkeye, or Hawkeye, at HeartlandSports.com. He joins the fray at about 1120, 1115ish. Uh, we'll head to the desert. Jason Symbol CG technology and giveaway barbecue in just a little more than an hour. Trent and I take you till noon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. KXNO.
1: Your home for Iowa State women's basketball is right here. This is head coach Bill Fenley on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Hi,
2: Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Matt Postons covers the Big 12 at HeartlandSports.com. We'll take a long look at the Big 12 with Postons. Dylan, uh, Dylan Montz next, uh, Jason Simmel as well uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. Let's get to Dylan Montz covers Iowa State for Ames Trib. AmesTrib.com. We can read Dylan Travis Hines the entire paper. Dylan Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. I guess we should start football wise. You've been awful busy, spent an awful lot of time uh, with Matt Campbell, getting the latest on Tom Manning, Signing Day, etc., that event uh, on the eve of Sarat, the, rather the night of uh, Signing Day. You were covering that, so let's do a little football, shall we? How are you?
3: Yeah, doing well. And, but, yeah, it's kind of funny that this ended up being the week where we got a got a ton of football stuff stockpiled, so it was it was kind of nice to hit all the rounds and and, like you mentioned, kind of get a little bit of everybody's... Um, thoughts on what's been going on?
2: Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's start. Uh, that's you know what. Let's go, Tom Manning first of all. And what? Um, how will he be different after his one year stint in the NFL? Do you think, Dylan?
3: Yeah, he, it was interesting to kind of listen to him talk about it because there were things within the Indi- Indianapolis offense that um, were maybe reminiscent or reminded people of the college offense, some of the way they used things. But in in the pros, you're going to see a lot more I formations, a lot more under center. So I, I think there's some nuances and wrinkles with an offense that you can see from that kind of stuff that, you know, can maybe inform him a little bit and in, in how he kind of instructs the offense. But also, um, with the tight end, since that was his position with the Colts, I think, um, there's, there's some interesting wrinkles that you can use, uh, with them too, because Eric Ebron, you know, probably had one of his best yeah. as a pro last year. Um, and with the way Charlie Kohler is kind of, uh, growing and maturing and, Know, stepping onto the scene a little bit more. He's uh, going to
2: be a star, Dylan.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I know you love Charlie. Yeah, I do. <laughs> some things you can see with him, uh, Chase Allen uh, getting healthy, and then Dylan Sainer can be shifted around some of those positions, too. So I think there's there's that component of it, but also, since he's not going to be coaching the offensive line, uh, I think that kind of adds something to it, too, because uh, he mentioned he's not going to have to be worried about five guys in a position. Mm. Um, you know, And he'll coach running backs uh, from the sound of it, but he can maybe take a couple steps back and, and survey the offense from a little bit more of a broad angle and then can go in and, and get into the details a little bit. But it's not as intensive as the offensive line position was.
1: So two guys with Manning and Campbell, obviously, that long have a long history with each other. What do you think led for him to take that jump and then ultimately, after a year, come back to Iowa State?
3: Yeah, I, I think this the opportunity was was too good to pass up at that moment. Uh, you know, you, you can go and learn so many different things in the pros. Um, coaching at that level, um, you know, it, not only just with the coaches you interact with, but the players, it's a little bit different of a step, too, obviously. So I, I think there was that. But then, um, you know, it, just from the sound of it, and, you know, Matt Campbell talked about it a little bit, too, when I spoke with him this week, uh, there was just, a you know, a sense that as the season drew closer to an end, that, you know, Manning felt like it was, a, more of a right fit to come back to iowa state and and be the coordinator and kind of work on that level with those guys but uh from the sound of it you know matt campbell said it too as as well as commenting that that year was invaluable just because every stop you make uh, in your coaching you know career uh it, it informs something and you mm-hmm. can take something from it and you know build on your repertoire a little bit so i i don't think there's any regrets but uh, the timing and, and how everything worked out to, to have him come back was, was certainly interesting.
2: Did Manning mention at all the quarterback that he's going to inherit for the next three years in Brock Purdy?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of funny because uh, Tom Manning spent probably the whole month of January, right up until he left for Indianapolis, you know, making trips to Arizona to see Purdy. So he knew him uh, really well. And, and he mentioned that he stayed in contact with the staff. Um, all of last season really and, and kind of um, you know as much as possible gauge what was happening um, you know the, the different bumps and twists and turns with quarterbacks with Kyle Kemp getting hurt mm-hmm. was that Nolan coming in and eventually leaving and then Brock Purdy stepping into that role but um, you know I think he's really excited to not only get back to to be around Purdy a little bit more but to actually coach him now.
1: All right let's Dylan in a little bit more on Campbell and Position groups, kind of looking at what are going to be the biggest talkers in your mind in those battles for Campbell and Company coming up this spring. What what is the position group that's the most wide open in your mind?
3: Yeah, I think mm. um, you know a lot of them probably are on offense, but there's a couple on defense. I think the offensive line they'll return all their starters, but I think there's some movement you could see there possibly just to kind of find the right combination instead. Um, they do have some older guys in Bryce Meeker, Julika Jones, Josh Kniffle, um, Colin Olson is a walk on stepped in nicely. But I think there's some things that you know, still need to be worked out there. Excuse me. And then uh, with the running backs, obviously, I think that that's kind of wide open right now. They have a couple guys coming back in Nwangu, um, Crony, and Lang. But um, you'll have Brees Hall, who's on campus already. And I actually got to see him on Wednesday, and he's. You know, he looks like he looks the part already mm. he's built. Uh, so I think that's going to be interesting. Jirel Brock is going to be there, too. um, And then who steps up at wide receiver um, for Akeem Butler and kind of takes some of those targets? Is it a Joseph Skates? Um, does Tariq Milton see more? Uh, does a Jalen Martin kind of finally get his shot? Um, so those are some of the things. And then on the defensive side, um, you know, obviously replacing Willie Harvey at, at linebacker is going to be just because of how many things he did for them. Um, and then some of the safety spots and, and some of the secondary with DeAndre Payne leaving, with Brian Peavy leaving. Um, there, there's some different things they all they'll have to replace, but um, that's kind of the one thing Manning said and the one thing Campbell said, too, is um, they're recruiting at a little bit of a different level now. So the the drop-off business, even they're able to find those guys to step in there a little bit more easily than they did when they first uh, arrived three years ago.
2: Well, the defensive front, I mean, there's always one, uh, one position that seems to jump out. Uh, and that's as we sit here in what the first week of February. That seems to be what we're going to be talking about a whole lot and putting the focus on just how good potentially that you know that uh, the front seven could be. And yes, Willie Harvey is gone, but man, oh man, Liam is back, and Johnson took a huge step this year, and Bailey, and Owaseruke, and I'm sure I missed him. Matt Leo, he flashed a little bit this past year. Boy, they got some depth up front.
3: Yeah, that, that's the key, too, is you saw when Iwazurike went down last year, Matt Leo uh, came in and stepped, you know, he stepped in nicely. And then uh, I, I think he would play more even if, um, you know, if Iwazurike wasn't in front of him. I think he really made a lot of nice strides last year. But Iwazurike is just kind of a transformative um, body size and, and talent in there and playing opposite of Jaquan Bailey, obviously. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really key for them uh, defensively and then having Ray Lima and Jamal Johnson in the middle is, is huge so I, I think that group is, is definitely going to be the strength of the defense next year again um, and then it's just kind of fighting the pieces to, to kind of plug in around them to make them um, a filled out unit.
1: Last thing on the football front for me cu- with signing day coming and going, Jareel Brock Brees Hall who you talked about you know those guys a lot of people anticipate going to see him out there as a freshman everybody seems to have their guy who is your under the radar guy Here we are in February. Make your call. Who we're going to see out there on the field more than many people anticipate come September.
3: Yeah, I think um, you know a guy people probably don't talk about at time that could uh, come in and make some noise is uh, Corey Snuttle. I think he's listed as as a defensive end um, from Missouri. Really, uh, uh, you know, big. I can't remember his exact uh, specifications, but he's he's a big kid, and I know one that they're they're really high on and. Um, that's a position obviously like we talked about that they have depth but you could see him flex to linebacker get some work there um i, I think he's versatile enough that he you know you could move him all around so um i know he was a nice get and a, a nice prospect to hang on to so um he's probably one that jumped out to me but if i went down up and down the commitment list, i'm sure i could come up with a couple more
2: i'll help you out asheem young yeah, there you don't you, you don't give a kid a chance. He's not exactly play. under the radar. No, that's though. true. No, that's true. Yeah, anymore, maybe he isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah indeed. Uh, Dylan, let's talk basketball. I think we're a week away from the game of the year in the Big Twelve. Trent Conant is that over the top? K State, Iowa State yeah we're getting there they're getting there right told you that two weeks ago uh but dylan they got to take care of business and up next is is a tcu team that they should be able to handle they've got a couple of guys but i mean they're not great by any means i don't think anyways uh this should be a win tomorrow bain's a really good guard he's puts up huge numbers robinson their all-time assist leader but you know, take care of business at home. Dylan, don't care if it's by 2 or by 12. Just, uh, just take the win and move on.
3: Yeah, I think I was looking, and TCU is uh, winless on the road in the Big 12 and undefeated at home. Uh, wow. So they're, they're, they seem to be just that kind of team. Uh, but, yeah, this is a game you you, you got to win if you want to keep pace in the Big 12 and have that game in Manhattan next week really mean something because, um, you know, I think it's on Saturday or tomorrow. Kansas State, Baylor play. They so do five o'clock. There, there's some pretty big matchups coming up where some of the top teams in the Big Twelve are going to go head to head and and create some separation just naturally. So you got to find ways to, to win. No matter if it's um, TCU or or Texas Tech at the end of the year at home, you got to hold serve at home and then um, probably steal you know one or two more on the road to to kind of put yourself in the in the driver's seat there.
1: Go ahead, Trent. Well, we we saw a big game Monday night out of Wigington and Lard. Sign of things to come. Still has been inconsistent with both of those guys. What do you feel with those two guys going forward?
3: Yeah, Wigginson was a little bit up and down, but obviously made some big shots against Oklahoma. I, I thought for Cameron Lard, that might have been the best game he's mm-hmm. played all season. So I think he's, you know, hopefully for them, hitting his stride right now. Um, I, I know we've talked about the, the fouling issue and, and some of the, the different ways he guards the bigs, if he can do that on a consistent basis, uh, maybe that's a sign of things to come. I still think there's there's probably some, some things teams can run at him to, to get him to bite a little bit more on some of those actions. But, um, you know, those guys are obviously important and see from said it all year long. And um, I think for for them, it's can they get Mario Shayok back to being a little bit more consistent? Because, you know, for large stretches of the last couple games, He's really struggled to shoot the mm-hmm. ball and obviously made huge plays down the stretch with some of those sprees, um, you know, with guys draped all over him and then some free throws too. But um, if they can get him going a little bit earlier again, um, you know, where he's kind of that consistent scoring presence um, for large stretches of the first half, um, you know, that, that bodes well for him too. And then just have kind of some of the other guys filling around him. But I'd say those are probably the most important three to kind of have as consistent as possible and get going early.
2: We'll recap it with you on Monday, Dylan Montz. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Yep, thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com. You know, I just noticed both of the needle movers are off all next week. Iowa State plays, their next game is Saturday, K-State. Mm-hmm. Iowa play Sunday, Northwestern. Next game is the following Saturday at Rutgers. Good week for state wrestling. It is a good week for state wrestling. I never thought of it that way, Trent Condon. We'll come back. we got another hour to go. Matt Poston's on the Big 12. Jason Simmel inside the numbers. Claxton's barbecue to give away. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KX. No.